time for key issue. Look, we have a moving shot. It's moving and passionately moving, like emotionally moving. Isaac, do you have any hand gestures for today's key issue? I'm actually gonna like do this one of the oh or one of these. One of these. That's pretty nice. Yeah, but I'm and I move look at my shot. It's oh, it's as moving. if you were moving the shot. Whoa. Today my hand issues are these. The or my hand movements are, are wavy. Wavy up and down you know movements. What, this is my least favorite one. Ready? This is when when directors yep. are like, it's the shot. This That's is the shot. pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I despise that one. If uh if we were professional filmmakers, we would know to use proper hand movements. Which is this. Uh, it was fun talking to Rob Curry, the yeah. Batman. That was actually, yeah, people have been sending, uh, actually, for real. Somebody's actually sent me comments <laughs> to say, hey, that was really great. I loved that one. Yeah, same. We had some really good feedback. I, I do want to say that the the episode after when we went to his place, it is old and it's less tech and it's been through some processing. And he's you younger. Might find What's that? And he's younger. <laughs> he, he's significantly younger. But it might be, it might have some tech issues. We have had some people notice some tech issues. Sorry for that. We thought we better put it up. It's from back in the good old days when Rob Curry was just only a lad. Just a, just a lad. Isaac, tonight we are going to face the truth. The truth. That you and I are cisgender white guys of a certain age. We are. Uh, this is uh, the awkward truth. You might put it. I was actually, yeah, I was, I, yeah, it's, it, it's, you can't not address that up front. I think in today's day and age, when it comes to talking about a subject matter, but then again, it's almost like the fact that we have to talk about it also sucks. Um, well, I think we both have wives that we respect as people mm-hmm. and I have a daughter and I respect her as a person. She's a very strong female slash person. So my uh, white cisgender maleness doesn't stop me from seeing women as people, right. which is good. But I think this is that whole like, it gets in, this is where it goes for me anyways, that you get into the weeds of like, well, they're, we're, we're addressing it because of the fact that we're talking about a, a female character that is inherent, you know, inherently objectified almost every time, you yes. might argue. Uh, but then also you could say, hey, Aren't they also objectifying the male characters and we're not in advance saying, hey, I'm a straight white man and I like these male characters the way they're drawn. I mean, we're not going there. And and, and by the way, we do. But there is something to be said about being sensitive to the way the male gaze depicts Wonder Woman. 100%. And if you ever wanted to pick a character that's had a lot of male gaze uh, interactivity over the years since... Like 1941, well, issue one, pretty much. You have to talk about that upfront. We have to say we're addressing Wonder Woman, and some of the way we're going to talk about the character of Wonder Woman is really about the art. It's about the yeah. approach of an artist to that character because we have to think about those things. Yeah, we don't have to, but I think we but, should. And then it's costuming and figure and pose and anatomy, and that's all part of it. And yeah. I mean, so. So to kind of get it off the top, we can kind of address these things and then go, yes, we're going to be talking about bodies and shapes and how things are appealing or not appealing to different tastes uh, across the board. And I mean, when you look at even its origin, I mean, it's a contentious and, you know, a bit edgy origin, the the original creator of it. I mean, everybody knows, well, anybody who looks into that history, I mean, there's even a a feature film about it. I think my brother just made me aware of that tonight. I hadn't seen it yet. And it talks about, oh, it has like a dramatization of his life and his polyamorous relationships and some of the, the you know, interesting choices he was making at the time that were bleeding into the, the creation of that character. And I think William Rand, Moulton uh, Marston. Yeah, Marston. There you go. I'm horrible with my names off the top of my head. But I think it was, last, it was a couple episodes ago, Rand, when you were talking about the seduc- seduction of the innocent, which obviously comes up an awful lot in comics. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that scenario where they're like, hey, there's bondage and stuff in this comic. And he's like, Yeah. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get there in a minute. A, a lot of people would wonder, why are we suddenly talking about Wonder Woman? Nick, overhead, please. Isaac, recently... You got a wooden table. Oh, there it is. Wonder Woman 759 came out. It's a David Marquez cover. Uh, it's a new creative team. I love this cover. Beautiful cover. It's sold out very quickly. It's in second print. There was an alt... Um, an alt cover by Jim Lee, which was really nice, very Jim Lee feel. This comic book sold out. I don't know what the print run was. It's less important. 
It was exciting for me. The writer is Mariko Tamaki, and she is Canadian. She's from Toronto. Look at this beautiful frame. And the that. artist, penciler, is Mikkel Janin or Janin. I don't know how you say it. It may be Michael Janin. It could be Mikkel Janin. And Jordi Belair is a colorist. And I love Mikkel Janin's art. I love that. That feels very Cho, we said, yeah. because dinosaur and beautiful female just character. The, the, the perspective. Yeah. It's, it's, it's simple, but yet very complicated and well-drafted. But the, look at, oh, this is what I love about those this artist, Mikkel Janin. Look at the face. He's yes. got a beautiful, clean line. Look at her face. Yeah, clean but and well acted. Like there's yeah, a lot really of good, stuff really, here. really nice. Yeah. And by the way, we'll find the frame to show. We talked about male and female. Give yeah. me that. Whoop! Give me that overhead uh, again. Bondage. There you go, Isaac. Oh, sorry, we weren't talking about bondage. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, and you you pointed out that that is almost as if this male character is very sexualized in this. Pose. He is sexualized, yeah. and and this is how I uh, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But that's how I like it. I like it. Fair sexualization. I'm, I'm a straight man, but I am interested in fair play with sexualizing characters or not, as the story calls for, right? That would be when it would be fair game. Would you not think? I agree. I think that that's just it. I mean, and I, I actually like the idea of pushing that question out there in the scenarios where for instance, we've spent a lot of time in the world of Conan the Barbarian, obviously, and mm-hmm. and there's like, you know, there's a character that's that's as a male character, very sexualized. He's very totally. suave, he's smart, he he can move through the world like a panther and and can take care of himself and everybody around him. So, you know, you can but at the same time, he's always got some <laughs> gossamer clad, you know, hardly hardly any clothes woman hanging off his leg. Not to say that yeah. the characters weren't well written even for the fact that they were written in the 30s. But there is this sort of question of going, well, you know, is there an equal balance here? Is he being objectified just as much as she is in the statue or this book cover or what have you? And this challenge with the character of Wonder Woman goes right back to uh, All-Star Comics number eight. Boom. We're going to go way We're going to go way back. Well, we're going to come back to talk about 759 in a minute. Let's just take a little journey here quickly. Back through time to 1941. (laughs) As long as you don't sing that share. No, I wasn't. I I was actually kind of, it was leaning towards Back to the Future, but then I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to do Huey Lewis right now. I'm just so against that share song. No, You know, listen. You're against share? You just lost all our share fans. It's that song. Okay. And the other one? What's the other one? I'm not a fan of the other one. Yeah, the one they invented (laughs) auto-tuning. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I I like original Cher, like, uh, you know, half-breed. Yeah, Sonny and Cher. I got it. Powerful Sonny and Cher. Uh, You go back to All-Star Comics 8 in 1941. That's the first appearance. You have the creators. Now, notice how I said creators. Wonder Woman is one of those characters that is created by a team. Uh, There's a writer and there's an artist. Now, Nick, I sent you a picture. Could you pull up? There's a picture by Harry J. Peter. It's an old picture. Now, this may take some tomfoolery. Look at that, Isaac. Wow. That's from H.J. Peter's original design of the costume. Now, he was a cartoonist. He's 61 in 1941 when he got hold of this character. Holy cow. And he's working with Moulton, uh, uh, William... Mar- Molten Marston. I, I'm going to... Molten Marshmallow Marston. Yeah, exactly. Molted Marshmallows. <laughs> Marston and Peter are working on this character, and they did a, a very kind of Art Nouveau style. So yeah. the artist has changed his style. She's very stylish, very cool, and his notes are there. Yeah. I found this online. This is We did not make this, Look of at course. the boots. There's a um, boot heel. The, the weirdness about a tag team designing a characters, you know, you kind of forget the artist, but Harry Peter, and that name is unfortunate. We're going to say it a few times. It's unfortunate. He, um, (laughs) believe it or not, along with Marston was a feminist. They supported feminism at a time when I don't know that that was even, you wouldn't say that a lot, feminism and suffragettes and all of this. And I'm going to read a quote. He said he was given the note she had to look as powerful as Superman, as sexy as Miss Fury, as scantily clad as Sheena the Jungle Queen, and as patriotic as Captain America. So that cover 
uh, sorry, that uh, costume design had a mandate, and that mandate was a bit of this modern style compared to what Peter had been doing before. And we know that Marston had a political agenda as well. He was polyamorous, as you said, and he, weirdly enough, the creator of the lie detector machine, and everybody knows Wasn't that. Wasn't he the a co-creator of that too? Pardon me? Wasn't he a co-creator of that as well? Yeah, that polygraph inventor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about those two you know, men of a certain age, like us, old white guys, they wanted to instill this figure with a lot of female power for a reason. And so some of the codified sexuality that's in these early ones, these early comics we're going to talk about, it doesn't necessarily play as sensitive now to female thinking, but that was their best effort back then. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So what would it cost me if I wanted to get all-star comics? Say I wanted a 9.0. Oh, well, I think if we went at a 5.0, yeah. then we're looking at about $39,600. <laughs> yeah, that's... A typical sale at a 5.5 average is a $52,000 investment. You know, pocket change for, for us. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, didn't the highest, <laughs> I didn't even scroll down to this one. Look rated, at the highest rated one. That, yeah, I just I just scrolled to it. I had actually, to be fair, I hadn't even opened this page until now. $411,000. Yeah. Well, sorry, 411 and one. That comic <laughs> is, if... You yeah. are going to look at important comics in history. Yeah. That is one of the top few. There are three characters at DC called the Trinity, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And you decide what order you say them in. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman is normally how I've heard it. Yeah. Uh, but Wonder Woman, no less important than the other two. And you, and you want to get those incredibly valuable comics. Wow. Even the bottom basement 0.5 poor piece of crap condition is still a $7,000, $7,500. They're not making any more of All-Star wow. Comics number eight. Average raw value at $5,300. This, uh, this is a big heavy hitter. We haven't opened a lot of heavy hitters on this on this show yet. No. It's a big one. And by the way, that the, the Wonder Woman piece is a small part of the full story. I mean, you find out about Hawkeye and so on. You, you get a kind of a full a full range of the characters that are on the cover there. And I believe they have a wrong credit for the art. The, the actual artist is the artist, Harry Peter or H.J. Peter. Now, what if we want to jump to sensational, is it sensational or sensation sensation comics? Sensation comics, one, November 5th, 1941. That's within several months of that first one coming out, yeah. we have her second appearance. It's the cover that makes this pretty exciting. Oh, it's and very well regarded. This classic, cover. classic. There's the image that that uh, has been seen many, many times. So, there's there's something about perspective back in the day. Uh, there's something wrong with her feet. Listen, <laughs> it, she's awkward looking. Yes, she is awkward looking in this frame. Her feet are about seven sizes too this small. This is the problem. And she's yeah. looking a little heavy, like she's been drawn to be a little too... Um, yeah. She wouldn't move well. No, but she's really deflecting those bullets aimed right you at her You can't shoot wrists. her. You can't, no, you can't shoot her. her and that's, again, a Harry Peter cover. And, again, it's difficult to say <laughs> that. It's an H.J. Peter cover. Yeah. not laugh at that. What, what am I going to get that one for, Isaac? Let's say I, I think it's easier and cheaper than... It's a, no, I mean, it's, it's average raw is more. It's, it's $8,000, but that's a few years ago. Unfortunate. Um, but... but it's only its highest graded known value at eight point five is only one hundred and fifty. That was an eight point five. That's an eight point an eight point five is one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I don't think I can. Yeah, I can't get that. You don't have that. No. But if you could you pull it out of your house if you mortgage your house, would your wife still be okay with that? Or uh, I don't know that even like I don't think I have a body part. I don't have an organ like a kidney of mine. None of it is gonna get me close what, to that. What about an echidna? Can you sell an echidna? But that that maybe let's jump to Wonder Woman one. Normally. You think Wonder Woman 1 is the one. That is not the case here. But this what is a, great a retold. Cover. Oh my God. I it's a beautiful cover. It's a retold origin. So we basically are getting the same feel again, but fleshing out the bones a little bit. And now I can afford to get Raw it. Raw comic. You could get what? You could no, get this for that, that's $24. A that's a reprint. That's I'm a sure. reprint. Okay. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, there eight, you go. Eight point five is 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 one hundred sixty three thousand. No, there's got to be a mistake here because it still says Raw comic sale. Is twenty four dollars? It's that's wrong because graded graded average is twenty three thousand. 
We're well, misreading some information there. No, that's how it's, it's listed here. <laughs> You're really defending this. That seems like an error. It seems like there, I believe there be to be an error here because when you go down the list, the averages are the lowest. Again, zero point five. Poor is a sixty three hundred dollar purchase. Uh, so again, we have the retold origin, and for people that don't know the origin by now, I mean, you must have seen the movie, the recent film from what twenty seventeen. That's yeah. Kind of the thing, the island, the Amazons, the group of women that find this man there. and uh, But like you say, it's a very Art Nouveau. Like, the cover is great. It's got this... It's um, awesome. You can pull it up there, Nick, on the screen. It's got that, uh, yeah, that, that awesome rad. style. And it's the same. You can tell it's the same artist, but and it's, 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 all, it's awkward proportions, but it's not the worst. Uh, but the, uh, the fact that she's ro- riding the battle on this horse with, these, with the, uh, the World War I soldiers, they look like British soldiers, too, which is rad. And... Uh, yeah, pretty pretty awesome. You can feel the feeling of the film. Oh, yeah. So even people that aren't familiar with the comic story, they would see this and they would say, hey, I get it. I know what's happening there. Yeah. Now, what's more relevant for the forthcoming Wonder Woman movie that we would have seen by now except for COVID, thanks, COVID, um, Wonder Woman 6 is the first appearance of Cheetah. Cheetah, one of her great foes being played in the film by, I've just totally dropped her name, Kristen... Oh, it! Can nope. you believe this happened to me? I, I, usually, it doesn't. So I'm surprised. This is a first. Everybody, you're seeing it here. Randall. Everybody Lop. knows I had a recent concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but it's actually true. It's true and unfortunate. Now, well, what well, I really want to talk about on this cover. Yes. So you have <laughs> you have the six cover up. I have the six cover up. Who the hell is the background cast in this cover? There, yeah, <laughs> there are some questions to ask. And I, I'll, I'll admit, I haven't read this one in preparation for the show. No. Um, so I don't know who the little person is in the front row. Etta Candy. You're kidding. She's Her uh, name is Etta Candy? Yeah, she, I know. It's, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> She's a chubby, often depicted as a chubby woman who is very short diana prince's best friend the perspective is not helping her there no no she um unfortunate she's a it's a bad name but yeah she she ate some candy yeah it's not you wouldn't this is a different time guys (laughs) that came out in the early 40s and we're not going to go too deep into that notice how we're skipping forward because we're actually not going to spend too much time well yeah, the about whole these. point of this episode is the, the modern stuff but we're you gotta get hit the, the heavy modern, but we're building our yeah. our well you know what we do yeah first right? appearance we got a first appearance here of the cheetah character it doesn't actually list that here by the way but uh yeah it's it's a but this this cheetah character will become important to people who who see her in the film, the forthcoming film, yeah, yeah. being and, played and, and, by Kristen have you <laughs> from Saturday Night Live, and I can't say her name, and uh, I had a concussion, and we've all learned something about. Well, you me can use today. Google anytime, and you can we can Google it, it later. Yeah, but Let's, and you can see you can see it trending up right now as of uh, the end of April this year. It's trending it, up at twenty one percent. Yeah, up. it was supposed to be out by now, but yeah. you can get this for a very small price of about twenty five grand, right? About twenty five grand at a nine point two raw value is about eleven hundred. That's a little bit more on point than twenty four dollars. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's av- a, average grade at seven point five is a, is a is an eighty five hundred dollars. It's book. a big buy. It's, it's a, a big, big buy. buy. Yeah, but let's let's race forward to uh, Wonder Woman ninety eight, and you're gonna say, Rand, why did you go forward to ninety eight? Well, because hey, it's the Silver Age, guys. Do you remember the Silver Age? Golden Age? Now Silver Age. It means we're out in the 50s. We're past sort of Almost to the 60s. What's that? We're almost to the 60s. We're getting there. We're past the seduction of the innocent issue. So I think we're about 56. 58. You would think I would have written that down. 58. 58. Yeah. What we have here is a really, he's an artist that doesn't get a lot of respect. And you'll say, what do you mean doesn't get a lot of respect? Uh, if you're listing all the top artists, you don't put Ross Andrew up there. But if you like The Punisher, Ross mm. Andrew was mm. co-creator of The Punisher mm. with Jerry Conway. That's pretty and bad. I believe Jerry Conway's quote was that Ross Andrew was one of the best at spatial structure for the background, like for creating a place for things that were happening. And a lot of artists would shortcut and Ross Andrew would not do that. So that Spider-Man uh, 129, ASM 129, you got that Ross Andrew art there. Punisher looks really cool. We'll talk about that another day. 
Ross Andrew, co-creator of The Metal Men. Very interesting. And what I like about Ross Andrew, oh, by the way, the writer here was Robert Kaniger, but we're really trying to focus on artists when we talk about Wonder Woman. Uh, what What's interesting is Ross Andrew was known for making Peter Parker super handsome and also for the female characters that he drew in Spider-Man later. But if you go and look up Ross Andrew, Peter Parker, handsome, you'll see a Peter Parker that does not look like a Ditko Peter Parker. He's very handsome. He looks like a model. He's very stylish. And Ross Andrew coming in there with this really suave look. He was known for faces. What we find in 98 is this idea of a kind of modern Wonder Woman for the 50s, for the post-seduction of the innocent time and recrafting the origin story, sort of bringing her up to this new era. And this team, Ross Andrew and Robert Kaniger, would be a collectible, uh, that's their first issue, that 98. What what would it be for me to get in there, Isaac, if I'm going to buy that? Well, would it be? I just have the cover up first before I get down the numbers. I just oh, wanna, you have that nice cover. Yeah, and I just want to make a mention, like the first thing I noticed when you were talking about the backgrounds, and obviously this doesn't have a very detailed background for a cover, but the the waves and the log, I actually see very, like, like obviously before that, but it's very Busema a little bit, eh? Like in the water. I don't know, for some reason that reminds me of something that he would be doing in like Conan or something well, like that. He's got good control. He's good. He does have good spatial structure there. Like, yeah. it, it, remember the other Wonder Womans you were looking at, the older? Yeah. They were a little bit spatially funky. Yeah. Oh, it's still, it's a pricey book. Uh, 7.5 is $11,000. Well, the first Silver Age Wonder Woman with the new origin and the new yeah. team. Raw value at over a grand. Typical grade at a point at a three is an $892 book. So yeah, it's, it's not a, these aren't, these aren't small Easy buys that you no. find in a dollar bin. These anybody. are commitments. <laughs> These are commitments. Let's fast forward. Wonder Woman 178. 1968, exactly one decade later. Ten years later, has the world changed? Isaac, you pull that one up and you'll see exactly what we're talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, psychedelic, anybody? What we have here is the artist Mike Sikowski. And Mike Sikowski, Dick Giordano inks, by the way. Mike Sikowski, uh, Denny O'Neill, I believe. Did not Denny O'Neill write this? Uh, you tell uh, me. Uh, well, let's just say that he did. Okay. Mike Sikowski is known for really capturing the late 60s. Mm -hmm. I think that cover lets you know uh, this Do you think it's something to do with this, this really interesting uh, patterning in the uh, uh, plasticky pants that she's wearing? To me, it feels Steranko inspired. <laughs> it's awesome. It actually feels like I'm looking at a throwback uh, um, uh, Austin Powers thing. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rad. It's rad. Yeah. And and in this run, uh, I think he uh, he did some writing too, if I'm not Holy mistaken. Holy cow, Sikowski man. These later. books aren't cheap, man. This is this book itself is up 472%. It's this very important. On the up. It's, on the it, up. It started this uh, in the late 60s into the early 70s. It, it, they really focused on Diana Prince, the character that, uh, you know, Wonder Woman's alter ego. Right. And I think there was a lot of spy stuff. Like yeah. they're influenced by... If I'm not mistaken, that British show The Avengers and the actress Diana Rigg played a character in that. It's James Bond, too. It's that kind it's, of... It's got that that spy vibe, which I really like and I think is cool. And and that's a, that's an issue I'm actually looking for. I like the cover. I've seen it a few times, but it, it's expensive. It's expensive, it? but Raw Comic is still... It still says typical sale $23.50. And I think that's because that's that those numbers... They weren't seeing this big jump, this big jump that happened as of July 17th of this year. Like, it's it's on its way up, this one. So Who are I'm, these fools grabbing these titles? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, this okay. this was listed a, a couple of years ago at $68 at, a, at an 8 or an 8.5 at 250 Like, you would have been smart to grab it when you yeah, saw yeah. it. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know yeah. that. <laughs> and but now, here's the other thing you're going to say. You're going to put this in your little brain. Mike Sikowski also did the cover to Brave and the Bold 28. That's that Starro, the first Justice League. You have that one there too, Boom, right? there it is. Yeah. That's probably not That's a, a very important, that's the first Justice League, but also that's, here's Wonder Woman in the Justice League. Yep. And that one's going to set me back. It's probably only about a few hundred bucks, 200, uh, uh, 300 bucks. It's only about $77,675. That's, that's disappointing. Yeah. Average raw value at twelve hundred and eighty-three dollars. Can we get some comics that we can afford here? We're gonna I get there. Afford, We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. I can't afford. You know what? Uh, the other good thing, Sikowski went on to do Scooby Doo. That's not surprising, <laughs> right? Capture the feel yeah. of the era. That's He's the very era. skilled at that. Yeah. Okay. 
we're going to go really quick now. Because what you start to notice, as you go in the time periods that we're dealing with, Wonder Woman reflects the time period. And then yeah. it's where the artist becomes important. So I'm going to go very quickly. There's the Wonder Woman one with George Perez, that reboot. Everybody knows. I don't. Did you pull that one up, Isaac? No, we I really didn't, didn't get no. you to go for that one, did no. you? No. There's a Wonder Woman one. Everybody knows it. It's a George Perez. It's very liney. You got to go find that one. We're not going to go there. But George Perez's Wonder Woman, very beautiful, very big hair, very 80s. Then we have the Wonder Woman 83 Brian Boland cover, sometimes called the Point Blank, where it's that Brian Boland look. She's a bit punky looking and someone's holding a gun to her head. You go find that one. That's interesting because this is part of our thesis that we're building to. Then you have, of course, Kingdom Come with the Golden Eagle armor, which is important. Kingdom Come 3, that's the Alex Ross, that Golden Eagle armor that you're going to see in the Wonder Woman movie coming up. That beautiful armor, go get Kingdom Come 3. You can get that pretty cheaply. And then there's Wonder Woman 28, which is the J.G. Jones steampunk variant. Again, a very strange Wonder Woman. And that's our thesis. Our thesis is it becomes a very, this is where I'm starting to think, I'm collecting Wonder Woman now. I recently I got into a little bit of a collecting mode with these. And I started looking back at the 99, 2000, 2001, the Adam Hughes covers. And that's what got me looking through this, this thesis. So we'll go back to our 759 for a minute, right? Yeah. We know with our 759, we have a nice cover. That's a Marquez cover, but it looks like that Mikael Janin style. And you know that we looked inside. I like the Mikael Janin. I like the, the Mariko Tamaki art uh, story. I like that she's... She herself is describes herself as a queer comics writer. She writes about gender. She writes about issues that would be maybe from a female perspective. And so the art, I love this panel. That's so rad. Yeah. He's a good actor, right? Yeah. Nikhil Janin. Oh, yeah. Very liney. He was a, an architect. Oh, but look at her face. Oh, oh that's not face. surprising. The draftsmanship is beautiful. Here. The draftsmanship is That's amazing. right. Yeah. The draftsmanship is beautiful. So, oh, my God, the action sequence. Yeah. So this got me, this title coming out and seeing it got me going out and I recently got a Wonder Woman stack and I'm going through the stack and I'm looking at some stuff and we're going to pull some of it out. Well, you know, Rand, as you're doing that, it's something that, that struck me when you were talking about um, Wonder Woman through the ages and being uh, almost representative of the, the time and place. Would you speculate maybe that is it just this character or is it female characters maybe represent time and place more so than male characters? I mean, Spider-Man hasn't changed at almost at all since well, his inception. Like, is there something to be said there that we're, when you're looking at uh, feminine hair and dress and perception and uh, how they are looked upon in society uh, throughout the throughout history, do yeah. we not see more of a reflection in a character like Wonder Woman? They're more, the female characters are more at the mercy of the, the fashion of the time period, because yeah. I think that's a male version of thinking about how a female character right. would be of the time period. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's probably the case. And that's why I like that uh, Mariko Tamaki is coming in. I think I called her Tanaka a minute ago. And so I wanted to double check. Mariko Tamaki comes in and, and she's this example that happens. Sometimes you get the female character written by the female author and you get a different take and you get to invest maybe a little more strength in the character in a way that doesn't have that idea of the male perspective, which seems more out, outside, right? More yeah. external looking in as opposed to internal looking out. So she, I think I read in, um, she because she's Canadian, she got in the CBC. She wanted to look at justice. What is justice? And who is justice for? And, you know, in this time of Black Lives Matter and the protests, I think she has a really great 10-issue run where she's going to dig into this. So you have that infusing it so you're right but the thing that we want to talk about reflects sort of where the conversation is what are you doing with wonder woman frequently male artists what are you doing with her on that cover and that's kind of this idea when i bought this pile not a giant pile just a bunch i started putting them all out and i'm looking at the covers i'm saying i i see exactly the conversation if i was a female collector, I would maybe have some thoughts about these covers. So let's quickly talk about where, just because of the collecting that I was doing, I came in with, I think, the Adam Hughes run started in 98. So that was 139 to 146. 
150 to 161, 164 to 174, 176, 178, and then 184 to 197. Now, Nick, if you'll give me the overhead, this one was the standout for me, Isaac. Yeah. That's a nice throwback, Kevin. There's your throwback Wonder Woman in that old style. And then the very cheesecakey Adam Hughes. Now, it's not... I'm kind of torn on Adam Hughes. I am as well. I think that when, when we went through that stack, a lot of it feels almost like... like Well, there's, there's a story there on that one. We'll get to Well, that. I know that you don't like it because you see... Well, it's, it looks like... They look like photographs you that see have been rat. posterized. Not, it's like almost just drawn over paintings that one's not so yeah that's there too it, all, it looks like they're drawn over photographs they're like here's a person so it's like the the boris vallejo problem so but, I, mean, I don't a, want to bag on the guy he's obviously very no talented. he's very talented yeah it, it, but it is a very male gaze look it's what, very pin up and what everybody year, knows. what year is the one you just tossed to the side there? uh this one would yeah. be 2003 Okay, so that's before then. Okay, this the so that that looks, this is recent. This yeah. is this is a 750. This came out. It's a variant that came out with a 750 celebration. Yeah, uh, I bought it because I was looking at the other ones. And what was really striking me was the makeup, the the use of makeup on her. I like this one a little better. But again, she's very sexualized. Yeah, it's like it's like it's worse than Baywatch. I mean, they're they're almost always putting her in a bathing suit. I like it when they actually you know let's put some armor on her. Even if it's never enough, um, you know, make, make the, it a little bit more realistic. The hues, but the hues stuff is really, it's well received. And some of them, like here's an here's a, an example that that's very, it's very pin up. She's yeah. got a lot of makeup on. She looks like Liv Tyler almost. Oh. It's pretty cool. It, it's like, a, I, that's it's cool, but it looks is, like it looks like the cover of a heavy metal magazine. That's in exactly right. Like it, it, it's like you're you're in that pinup, or even earlier than that. It looks like late seventies, early eighties pinup. But this one's more stylized. It's a little more interesting. It's less cheese. But it's uh, it, like I think this is where where you can you can very easily dive down the road of how come it's always in that realm with this character until people start his approach away. well yeah with this yeah he softens thing. her features a lot yeah. and well, let's take a look at a couple of john burns from around the same time right this is this is the one you said is very childish it's very childlike very simple on the uh it's yeah now john Byrne, if you remember from the our x-men talk he was one of my favorite x-men artists and if, especially let's look at her posture here. Like she's got a nice little bit of acting, but she looks childlike. She looks like she's a young teenager. And he hasn't made her pneumatic. He hasn't sexualized her, right? She's very lithe and she's a, she's just, I, I mean, it somehow looks childish to me. Well, it looks like I like, well, I mean, it, it is in that realm of, it's still, I, you can't, I don't know. I personally don't think you can say that it's not sexualized, but the fact that the costume is so revealing. Yeah, you're right. Right? It's it's like, it's so bloody revealing. And then it gets, then because it's child, like it's almost yeah, a little bit. But ugh. her acting isn't sexualized. I sure, guess yeah. I mean, she's not like, look made, at her actions there. But, then, but then, this is that whole conflict between, you know, because she's not super curvy and That's huge right. tits, does that That's mean right. that she's not sexualized? Or is she just as sexualized because she's wearing almost nothing and everybody else is wearing a lot of tights that are more covering. Well, but, uh, if you think about the musculature of the male characters, sure. They have maybe more oftentimes more distractive elements around the musculature like a cape or something. Sure. Yeah. And or even in the her design case, the, yeah. There's nothing She there. doesn't have that. Yeah. Okay, so this takes us to Frank Cho. Yeah. Frank And Cho. he's somebody we've shot with before. We can cut to a little interview. Mm -hmm. This book is filled with sexualization. Yeah. Here's a little uh, little Frazetta influence oh, panel. Totally, yeah. From 1998, right around the same time that Adam Hughes is doing what he's doing. Yes. Now, yeah. Now you and I both agree on some things about Frank Cho. Well, first and foremost, I mean, he he wrote a book how to draw beautiful women. Like he's 100. That's what it's called. Uh, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's literally what the book is called and I mean so he's known for a very specific it's almost and I, I hesitate to say this because it almost takes away something I think is he he almost draws the same woman for every single female character it, it really seems like it to me yeah but it's he is saying this is my this is my taste it's right up here up front and he is known for this really bizarre moment in time where I mean I mean most comic fans will know 
of the white variant covers where it has the title block and it's blank so that an artist at a convention can draw on that cover and do a custom cover for you at a convention. So right around that, the August 2014, uh, an artist by the name of um, Milo Manera uh, did a, a Spider-Woman variant cover that destroyed the internet because it was her like you can go and look for it on, online basically it's it's spider woman crawling up over the edge of a building and her buttocks is way up in the air and it's incredibly sexual so it really pissed off a lot of people it's when that exploded the internet frank cho went okay i'm gonna play Sorry. this game yes. and he went way deep into doing variant after variant after variant of that same pose the exact same pose with uh, Spider Woman, Spider Gwen, and then really taking it a step further and going with Harley Quinn and and Wonder Woman and making it this this nod joke where he's like, you know, my favorite in in this line that he was doing is is um, Harley Quinn is in this pose and she goes, how long do I have to hold this pose, Mister J, to the Joker? And he goes until the internet explodes, dear. Uh, and oh, this pose is so but, last and, year. And he's he's, he's making commenting a joke on it. He's making a joke, but he but he also is serious. He's exactly my point. Because he's like, she is sexualized. That position, that posture that 100%. the character is in is very sexualized. Yeah, and then and then when Wonder Woman is in it, Batman's peeking up over the top behind her uh, behind her button says, "What are you doing?" And then she goes, "Please go viral. Please go dry. I'm trying to boost the popularity of my book." So yeah. he was doing this joke that is on its face. He's like. Okay, internet, come on, take it, take me on. And I don't really get what he was trying to do. And this article I was reading here is actually in Heavy Metal magazine, and they were almost a little judgmental of him in this article, which is actually interesting for a magazine like Heavy Metal. Um, yeah, ironic. Which is ironic. Yeah. So, so, but he was well known for these uber sexualized. But it's it's he's not hiding it. He's saying this is my taste. This is what yeah. I like. And then so so is it? Is he? You know objectifying or or i mean yes he is but i mean when when he goes and does his serious covers and he was supposed to do 24 uh covers for the wonder woman variants um for dc and when he was going in there he's putting her in armor she's strong she looks like she Let's can actually overhead, she can like the number one is phenomenal pull up that that number here's uh, the one yeah that number one like look at the pose of that character um i mean i personally like the fact that he's pushing her into a realm of yeah she's Many people, myself as a, you know, attempting to be an artist, many people would criticize, the, say, the women characters that I would draw as being too muscular. People aren't going to like that. People aren't going to buy that because she's not thin enough. And I'm like, Here's no, two. that looks like a woman that actually could defend herself yeah. and be the most powerful woman in, in the world or the she's, universe. Yeah, right? she looks amazing. Yeah, exactly. So the, I think that, that I... And this is the that. one. Now, this is the one where he comes along and the writer doesn't like the fact that she is too sexual. Now, the original drawing, you could see her full butt cheek on the, the bottom right of the frame there. And, and it was basically the skirt was flying up and you can see like the basically the underwear line and her butt cheek was there. He, the writer didn't like it and, and pushed Greg DC. Rocka. Yeah, he pushed DC to crop in. And Frank said, oh, yeah, all right, we'll screw you. And he walked. So he left after six issues because of this. Because, but, but that writer didn't like him because of this whole thing he was doing with the Spider-Gwen. But, but right? let's, let's talk about what Frank Cho brings artistically. Right, exactly. Like, look at the line work. I wish I can remember the name of what he's doing there. But in the background, there's a specific, like, um, Renaissance era art form that he is mimicking, where it's almost this etched, uh, almost woodblocky kind of etched line work that is harkens back to an ancient form of, of art that he is masterful at with cloth and and his, his line work is insane it's his his stunning. figure drawing is beautiful his yeah. faces are really really nice look how i mean but there again look, the look her, most of her legs are covered most of her torso is yeah. covered she's got a cape on she's wearing a she she has a shield like in one hand He's pushing, he's pushing the assets and he's making her sexual. But on the other hand, he's also not, you know, putting her in a, in a bathing suit. I'm just going to quick jump back and say those Adam Hughes books in that run are the valuable ones in that run. Right. Of course. Like when other writers did the covers, they're a third the price. They're all like some of them are, are around, you know, 15, 16 bucks. But if you get them in nine eights, they can be 75, right? So... There's an, there's an appeal 
for certain people, for collectors, a lot of collectors are male and they are, you know, they're buying things that they like. But look at Liam Sharp, who was the artist who did the interior. This is his Wonder Woman 1. Again, we have a very talented artist and he was known for horror. He's taken a different approach. She's beautiful, beautiful face work, a little darker, a little more It's an interestingly layered, it's a layered cover. Too. That's right. And, and he's really good. But he, he's hit more horror elements. He doesn't feel like cheesecake, so it maybe it ennobles the character a little differently. I'm not saying anything negative about Cho. You buy those, you know what you're getting. I like his design. I like his line. I like his figure work. The fact that they're sexualized doesn't detract for me. It makes me sometimes feel a little bit like, uh, am I participating in something unintended? Yeah. You know, for me, but it is intended by other people. And that's where I have a conflict. I like Frank. We, we interviewed him and he was great. He was really smart. And he's, I think he talked a little bit about the whole controversy too. If I'm yeah. Not he, mistaken. Uh, he may have. And I'm not sure if that was in that interview or not, but I mean, like, and, and that one's an easy get. I mean, the, the, the number three that he did, the D DC rebirth, uh, just pulled it up here on, on cover price. It's only like five bucks raw comic value. It, but yet, that's interesting. It's an interesting key issue, I think, in terms of of a collectability. You go, this is the one that that kicked him off that, or he pulled yeah. himself out because of the fact that, yeah, again, they 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 adjusted his art because in this one instance they thought it was too much. And you go, this. This was too much. <laughs> where, where everything else that's come and gone before, uh, they're gonna they're gonna attack this one. And I'm going. I don't know. I think that they're that that he was maybe being a little less uh, sexual with her than other artists have and still are. Let's pull up the Azrello Chang here. This is another. This is the new Fifty Two Wonder Woman, Cliff Chang, and Cliff Chang's work. I really like. People know Cliff from other stuff. Paper Girls, I believe. It's nice. It's modern feel. Uh, horror influence in that panel. Let's go to the panel I like. Where's that? There. It's normally I'm not so keen on some of the newer stuff. Is she sexualized? Is she not sexualized? Of course she is. Right? Yeah, but there, so this is we, we we often talk about it as if it's if it's a as if it's a massive problem, but sex is part of all of these well, stories. It's in not. Life, there's so. a difference between sexualizing a female character and taking away some of her agency and some of her attributes that are meaningful. Her mm -hmm. character, herself, whatever, her mind, her abilities, her talents, her superpowers, blah blah blah, and then focusing on this pneumatic construction of her body or focusing on parts of her body. What if you get a female artist? Like, I like Renee Delise. Here's another Wonder Woman one. The Legend of Wonder Woman. And she, it's a very, um, I may be saying her name wrong, Renee Delise Delise. It's stylized. And, you know, uh, let's get one of those panels. Where's one of those panels? There we have some female characters of different ethnicities and different sizes and different shapes. And I think that's what you get from a female artist. You get the sensitivity to the depictions of characters. And acting and storytelling. Yeah. she's. I, I liked this series. I think she did a great job. And again, I'm buying in. I'm coming in on purpose and looking for different visions of Wonder Woman. These are very easy to get. You can begin collecting these. They don't cost much. They're not much more than cover yeah. any of them. Yeah. Let's go to Art Germ. And again, this is maybe more down the road where Isaac is n not as keen. And, and I, I, I like I like the, the one in the right there. You the like this one? Yeah. But I mean, he's very digital. Yeah, it's very digital. But it's also that he's... It, even though it's digital, it's it's pushing in towards a painting rather than than line art well, illustration. Totally, yeah. And I like that. I, mean, I I like even if it's if it's done well. I personally obviously like stuff that's done um, uh, on a canvas or by hand, but that's very 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 rare now. 
um, especially in color. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, no, the one on the right, it's fantastic. It's I mean, nice. Yeah, she, I like her own. expression too. She's got a, a some good acting going on there. Yeah. This one less so. This is a little more pin-uppy for me. Yeah, that's very pin-uppy. And he's got a way of doing faces that makes me think. Touch anime. Anime. Yeah, touch anime. There. Now, I believe he's from Singapore, so he has an aesthetic that is perhaps... Eastern uh, in some way that he's sure. maybe from an anime. Like I, yeah. I, my white man ignorance here, I'll be the first to say it. He may be influenced in a way that there's a certain thing he brings in that we're not sensitized to if we don't watch the same shows. Exactly. The same material. Yeah. Um, and I, so you would say, if you don't know much about Archer and Stanley Lau, why did you buy it? Because I'm going back and I'm getting yeah. Wonder Woman's and I'm catching up. Yeah. Um, something that I really liked, you and I talked about this one. Oh, this is phenomenal. That's just Matteo Scalera. This is a variant. This is Wonder Woman 63. Oh, sorry, that um, this was 65, and it's a round cover. And this is 63. I really like this. Now let's break this down. You had some good things to say about it. I said it was anime, so I wondered if you would like it. But you've pointed out some other elements. Well, I mean, it is on me from a, a kind of a posy content and how the, the action is happening. The eyes are slightly bigger, sure, which does in, indicate anime, but not not over so. Um, it's it's definitely the anime action moment where you're that, that, you're really diving into the, the floor ground. Tear, yeah. Oh, I love it because it gives her so much weight and so much um, power because whatever is happening in that action moment, the skirt and the the uh, the straps around her body and her hair the motion and movement of everything yeah. in this frame. And it's also one of those, those moments where if he's, if he's doing it digitally, he's really making it feel like it's, it's done by hand. Yeah. If he's doing it by hand, then awesome. And it's also, if you pulled the color out of that, which is obviously a very monochromatic piece anyway, or very black and white, if you pull the color out, man, it still stands on its own. It does. Like it's so perfectly now, done. How come her buttock here is less sexualized than Frank Cho's depiction exactly. of her body. Exactly. Yeah, because right? it was in, the, in his version, it was just the big round buttock right in the front, the foreground. Whereas, so there's something about the way that the depiction yeah. that Scalero gets here somehow uh, dodges yeah. that concern. Exactly, and it might maybe it's also it it appears that she's in the middle or the throes of a battle much more. Uh, believable, I guess you can say that, that that's the moment that she's in. It looks less posy, I guess I could say. It looks like it really is taken right from the moment of action, which is awesome. Another, I just brought one, uh, Jenny Frison, or Frizen, I don't know how people are saying it. She did uh, a run of Wonder Woman covers. Wow. Just absolutely Interesting light work and the color there, isn't it? This is Wonder Woman 57. I love all Jenny Frison's work. Again, you have a female artist, and a lot of her work, if you look at it, she looks like uh, she seems to be using Jennifer Connelly for reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe not so much this one. Beautiful color, desexualized, horrified, like turned into a horror trope. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think that gives us another way of looking at the character, which is really interesting. Coloring and uh, the coloring, the lighting effect and the coloring is phenomenal. It's pop. Yeah, you go look at her covers... And they're all gorgeous. So we've come to this point where if you're buying in, like what I'm doing, I'm, I'm seeking to get these, you know, Mark, our, our partner here, Mark has been uh, a passive Wonder Woman fan over the years. We all saw the movie. Um, everybody I know saw the movie. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple scenes in that movie that are so impactful. Her coming out of the trench, putting up the shield, all the men are shooting her. You feel, for me, that was a very emotional moment. Yeah. Just all these men shooting at her and she's blocking it. I can and hear the soundtrack to that moment. That's right. It's, it's so very powerful, yeah. very impactful moment. And what hit me was in that moment, like the, the idea of the gender structure, you know, the, yeah. the meaningful elements of that gender structure. And again, I'm probably reading into it. I'm a white straight guy of this age, but I felt that power and I wondered what a young woman would think. And so over the years, I thought I should be reading Wonder Woman, started buying it, started looking at it, and I started seeing all these trends and thinking, you know, when did, when did you first see Wonder Woman? You know, Isaac, when did I first see Wonder Woman? How did she appear? Yeah. Who's Wonder Woman? Which artist? And, and that really 
it says a lot about how you think of that character. Is she a B tier character to someone like you? Or it's I'm curious. I, I think it was to me. It's much. It's just the big three of of DC. I don't I don't think that I was aware or not aware of her existence at any one time any more than I wasn't aware of Batman at any one time. I don't remember but when I first did, heard of Batman, you know. So did I think gender she's... affect your thought? Like, I think did... that the only way that I could say that gender specifically affected my thought um, was the fact that there are just so few female characters of of note in comic books that have been given the chance or given the platform. Or, because or in front of you. Well, time. that's what I mean. I mean, I, I mean that placed in front of me from a pop culture decision-making perspective that somebody's out there going, nope, girl characters don't sell. You know, uh, Ray from Star Wars doesn't sell toys. We're not going to make those either. You know, like it's, there's, those decisions are still to this day being made that unfortunately you go, it is so crazy that we're seeing Wonder Woman in that film stepping out of that trench and how powerful that is because we're going, that's powerful because it was done well and it was told well and it was acted well, but it's also powerful because... When was the last time you saw that happen in a movie? So you just, it's so rare that you're like, holy shit, taken aback by what that means above and beyond just even the, the, the execution of it, as, as I guess you could say. So in other words, yeah. it's, it was the fact that she was a female character growing up was, it was noticeable because she was one of the only ones that I would have noticed. Uh, because oh, Other than, I should say, I did know Supergirl because I think I watched that horrible Super, was it Supergirl or Superwoman? Uh, movie that was really bad. But oh, I, I know. I used to mean. rent it all the time. Maybe I had a crush on that character. Maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. For me, it was funny enough the TV series with Linda totally Carter. Totally wouldn't. I never saw this. No, you're too young. Yeah. But in the 70s, when you're a kid in a small town and you have such a craving for comic book content, whatever that is, yeah. and one of the few that really. I, I mean, it's probably corny. I haven't watched it since then. Oh, it's but it corny. really hit me. Was Wonder Woman? I thought, oh my god, here's Wonder Woman, and I loved it. Was that Just, Lou Scheimer? Am I crazy? I look that. Up. I don't think so. I look that. Up. It had elements to it that were obviously corny or ridiculous, or she was being sexualized, or whatever you want to say. But as a young boy, when that came out, I didn't watch it thinking about it, except that it was a comic character that I could see that I thought was awesome. And, you know, you would go back and look at it now and probably find all the problems. But I, I, I just took it for what it was. And it's nice, you know, you go and you look into this 759 that's sold out. It doesn't mean it's going up in value. It's probably worth right now, I don't know, 17, 18 bucks rather than cover price. And that's just because of the buzz after that 759 sells out. But yeah. you find out that that writer was influenced by the TV series as well. And she's writing on it now and trying to find deeper elements to put into the character. So sorry, I was correct correct myself. Sorry to cut you off. I'm gonna correct myself. I was thinking Lou Scheimer, who is the creator of He-Man cartoons like that, he did ISIS. Yes. <laughs> Not Wonder Woman. Very different. Unfortunate name. There were probably there was ISIS, there was Electro Woman and Dyna Girl, and there was Wonder Woman in around like a five or six year period. You had these they female characters. You had so the Bionic insane. Woman. Yeah. So you you did see that they were attempting to do something with these powerful images of female characters, but they were couched in the language of the era. So they, I think it actually makes sense if you looked at that era in television. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that era was that is that around the time that Lou Frigno was doing the Hulk as well? Is yeah. that around that time? So yeah. that, if I'm not mistaken, that time people like to think that oh things were more violent or or on television but no that was the most tame and brutal era in television because it was so sensitized wow. so it's not surprising that they were going okay well uh the hulk can't do anything violent so let's maybe bring in female characters because that will the, that'll get us by the 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 censors or the gatekeepers so to speak that were stopping them from being able to you know i mean the most violent thing on television was the dukes of hazards driving through a bale of straw and jumping over a bridge there's no That's way that could be true <laughs> is that true yeah that when you when you look at that it's it was in it was in this book i was reading on on why violence is important in media for children I know that sounds odd, but it's an interesting book. <laughs> it's, it's uh, nice. But it, they was that was what he was reflecting on is the fact that this era of TV that you're talking about is, is really bad. Like Lou Ferrigno would be like, "I'm hulking," and then he throws somebody into a swimming pool, and that was like 
the most violent you could go. So when things like in the early hmm. 80s come out, when He-Man has a sword. Well, you're going to talk about She-Ra now because we know that's about That's right, She-Ra. because it goes down that path. That's That was radical coming out of the 70s. We think of the 70s as, oh my God, the television must have been violent. It wasn't. It was the tamest most boring the television. TV was the movies were different right movies were different I'm talking only television yeah. broadcast television and it was it does so it's not surprising then that you had characters like Wonder Woman and Isis being very popular I, I think because then the censors are going or the, the producers were looking at it going the censors are going to let us let this go through because it's a female character and thus we don't expect her to be as violent as the Hulk would be we just went down a rabbit hole that was a good rabbit hole I like but that the rabbit hole. hole to me is about this how do you get female characters on the same platform as male characters for males to be interested in and to buy and enjoy. But if you look at that, it hasn't, they haven't done that that much since. So from the 80s, 90s, and it wasn't until the, the last couple of years that they start bringing that platform. Oh, okay, now we've done Iron Man, we've done Avengers, we've done all these things. Okay, now we'll bring in a Wonder Woman movie or a. You're talking about Black Widow? No, I'm talking about. How, no, but how no, I'm Marvel talking about like a standalone. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a platform of decision making yeah. to this point, and it's like, why did it take this long to get here, and or even a Captain Marvel or what have you? It was it. It's weird that it took that long. I won't say I was a big fan of the Captain Marvel movie, and this is not what we're talking were, about. But no. I will say that I think, me personally, I automatically buy into female characters doing um, any anything like any superheroic version of a female character mm-hmm. i feel the stakes are higher yeah like or or i'm and i know i'm the one doing that i'm it's in my head sure. i'm baking so much more in so i always find them more impactful so when you started to see black widow embedded into the avengers movies i kept saying that's the movie i want to see the yep. way we were introduced to her that's the movie i want and i kept thinking that in you know throughout you pick pick a series of movies that are going on like why can't we have a female character, female-centered movie that aims at young men that's not sexualized, like Mad Max with Charlize Theron, right? Yeah. Like that character who's just cool and badass, and you feel somehow the stakes of even what's going on outside of the movie. Right, so, and I, I think I that there's that very fine line when done correctly, it's not a, uh, it's not a female doing male things, per se. It is, or or... She's awesome because she's badass because she's doing these things that are otherwise males. Like the fact that Charlize Theron's character in Mad Max Fury Road was dealing with the the rape and abuse of these other women in this action movie and setting aside, you know, Mad Max, this crazy guy. That's that was genius is storytelling and that whole thing. And or even the issues that that Wonder Woman is dealing with in the movie. Now there's I think if you really dug deep in there, there's a bit of an odd decision making in the middle of the movie when she you know, how do they handle the whole, her love story in there? It's because you have to have that in some way, shape or form, but it's a movie. It's a movie. So it's difficult, but I think that Fury Road really, really nailed it. It was really good in terms of a total sidestep there. Here's, this is what, this is what's happening in my head. I'm even thinking, are we allowed to talk about these things and say these things? Are we saying something wrong? Are we saying something insensitive? Are we saying something stupid? I'm sure that somebody could easily pick up like a dozen things that I've even said or implied or thought out loud in this whole episode and go, that guy's a blah, blah, blah freak. Because I know, he it's thinks- so, I, I, I wanted to collect Wonder Woman. I wanted to get exactly. into it. I wanted to read Why it. Why do I, I feel think- guilty for liking Frank Cho's well, art? It, it's not guilt. It's the technique is amazing. And you know, all the things that you could say you like about it. And then it's sure. sexual. Yeah, exactly. Well, and as a cisgendered guy, I'm going, yeah. There's there are certain things attractive about, yeah. I don't. We're know. going over the same ground again and again. It's hard not to. <laughs> so I guess what we're saying is, it's complicated. <laughs> Cover price <laughs> has allowed us to look back at the start of Wonder Woman, at the things that we can't afford. Yeah. And as you look at the, and I keep clicking. Sorry about that. As you look at the the later Wonder Womans that I've been pulling in, it, you can start collecting like crazy. You can have beautiful covers. You can read the stories, and you you can think about looking for this coding if you care about it. If you don't, look at the art and enjoy it. When you have some male writers who are obviously doing their best to try to not have male gaze or male perspectives, they're trying to do their best work. It's interesting to read that. It's interesting to find out 
what sorts of things emerge. And then when you have those runs where female writers are writing them, that's interesting as well. So I recommend more people start looking at Wonder Woman. Um, very collectible, very achievable. And I've been enjoying it. And, you know, there's a bunch here. I'll just re reach over. There's a bunch here that I was grabbing. Mm -hmm. And look at this, Isaac. I even found with our own Conan. Oh, yeah. There you Wonder go. Woman and Conan. That was an interesting I'm crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't it, believe you didn't bring my favorite one out of that, though, where they, they, they did the recreate of the, the Frank Frazetta cover from the Conan, Conan novels. I know. I, I screwed up. Uh, well... You can you only do so much. Yeah, you can't Listen, it's been a rambling episode. We've. I apologize for all of the offensive things. I, I, I just don't know if we did or not. If we did, let us know. And we are just trying to catch the wave. You know, we're trying to catch the Wonder Woman vibe yeah. before the movie comes out. Last thing I'll say, I think she's awesome in the movie. Yeah. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know I was going to like her in that. I can't wait to see the new one. Somehow she's captured the part. Also, right. can't wait for COVID to be over. We're <laughs> can't wait to go to a movie theater yep, again. That would be nice. <laughs> Thank you for listening to two white male straight guys running their mouths, trying to say things that aren't stupid. We're here yep. on Key Issue. And special thanks to Cover Price for letting us know how much it costs to catch these titles that we want and how much it will cost to catch the ones we can't afford i wish i had a half million dollars that we could afford to buy these comics but that would that's what i would do with a half million dollars i would just buy that comic uh, we would not do that <laughs> thank you we'll see you next time peace out <laughs>